Hello, and welcome to another episode of Simplify Your Business and Amplify Your Life with Jill Myrie. Hey, I am excited to talk about this topic today because I love to make things efficient. And I can't say I'm a pro at it, but I and I definitely work at it every single day, but I love to find ways to make things more efficient so that you can be more productive. And so that's what we're going to talk about today, the eight effective ways to be more productive. And some of these you might not even be thinking of. But the goal is to simplify so you can amplify, right? But we find ourselves scrambling to complete launch deadlines. We're wearing 17 different hats. We're answering a slew of emails. We're posting on social media. You get the point. So how do the most efficient people overcome challenges like procrastinating on tasks, whether they're small, nagging ones, and large ones, challenging ones? For how do they overcome challenges of boring work that needs to get done or responding to emails and other messages while working or staying motivated and energized throughout their entire workday or focusing and finishing the most important projects on their plates. Well, today I want to share eight effective ways to help you be more productive. So heads up, instead of trying to do all of these at once, Find a couple that you can implement for at least 21 days, the time it typically takes to change or form a habit. Then add on another one. Don't try to do all of these at once. You can't become more productive overnight, but if you make small changes and put some of these habits into place, you'll be well on your way to becoming more efficient. So let's dive in. Let's talk about number one, and that is to rethink your to-do list. You want to find a centralized place to track your work. And I usually do that on Trello. And that's a whole different topic from here. But find a centralized place to track your work. To-do lists can work for you, but if you're not using them effectively, they can actually leave you feeling more disillusioned and stressed than you were before. So you want to rethink your to-do list and make one that actually works for you. So here are some strategies for smarter to-do lists and to being more productive. Gretchen Rubin gets credit for this strategy. It's the one-minute rule. It's pretty simple, and it can clear away a lot of little tasks that clutter your to-do list in your mind. So basically, when you come across a task that needs to be done that will take you under a minute or two to complete, you do it right then and there. So it never actually gets on your to-do list at all. And if it's not on your list, you're already decluttering your list. So that's one way you can rethink your to-do list. Um, You can rethink it by doing the three-item list. Many people suggest keeping your to-do list to just three items per day. And I know what you're thinking. Wait, what? If I just had three things to do today, I'd be in heaven. (laughs) And I get that. But they're not saying that all you need. They suggest keeping a secondary ongoing list of other tasks coming up that you might need to schedule later on. And if you want to get that task completion rush, all you really need is a shorter list. Write down no more than three tasks on your daily to-do list. And you may have a second one, an ongoing list that keeps track of the tasks that are coming down the pipeline. So prioritize them by importance. Ask yourself, which task will make me feel most accomplished? That is task number one. And after you have three tasks listed, 
put any overflow tasks on a separate sheet of paper that you can easily tuck away and keep it out of sight. And then you could also, to do this, you could also use small post-it notes or lined index cards. Um, a small piece of paper will physically prevent you from writing a long to-do list. Or you could, to view one task at a time, if three tasks per day is too much, you can boost your productivity by viewing your list one task at a time. Or if you're old school, write one task per post-it note and then stack them so the preceding tasks are hidden. Okay, so that was your three item list as part of redoing or rethinking your to-do list. Another way is to write action-focused items to create an effective to-do list. Um, productivity guru David Allen suggests writing your tasks as more specific action items. And I love this because he, instead of writing on your to-do list, find movers, try writing it out like an action item. Call mom and ask her to suggest a mover. So one way to keep check on this is every time you write down a new to-do, ask yourself, what is step number one to get this task done? And that step number one becomes your new to-do. So in other words, finding movers, what is the step number one? And that would be to call mom and ask her for suggested movers. So that becomes more of an action item. I love that idea. Another way is to... Um, another way to rethink your to-do list is to prioritize and categorize. Um, and it breaks up your task into what's more important. Studies have shown that your brain gets overwhelmed when it sees a list of seven or eight options. It wants to shut down. And for this reason, you need to work from, a, from different lists. So separate them into different categories. I'm really working on this one. Let's face it. We all write down tasks we know deep down that we have no intention in completing that day or that week even. So those extra tasks are just cluttering up our list and cluttering up our mind and zapping all the satisfaction we could feel by actually completing the list. So instead, create a new kind of to-do list, one that prioritizes and categorizes the most important goals you need to achieve now and the ones that you can do after completing those most urgent tasks. It breaks goals up into do today, do this week, and do this month. And if you're feeling extra motivated, why not jot down some goals for the future and create a couple extra lists called do this quarter, do this year. I love that. And I've really been working on that because I don't like to see all this stuff that's not getting completed because it just messes with your mind. The next thing on rethinking your to-do list is productivity time. Everyone has a certain time of the day that they're more productive than others. And for me, it's kind of late morning. But find out what your prime time is for product productivity and optimize your work accordingly. Um, Desmond Tutu once wisely said that there is only one way to eat an elephant, a bite at a time. What he meant is that everything in life that seems daunting and overwhelming and even impossible can be accomplished gradually by just taking it one step at a time. I call this my CEO time. I use my most productive time, which is usually between 10 and noon, um, to pound out the tasks that are scheduled for the day. 
And during this time, I get my most challenging tasks out of the way. Whichever activity um, that I'm dreading the most is probably the one that I need to complete first during that CEO time. So you may have to look at that as well. And then I shut off all notifications, silence my phone, and don't allow myself to be disturbed during that time. And you can do this activity even if you have a team of people working with you. Everyone uses the same time frame to get the most challenging tasks out of the way. And during that time frame, no one disturbs one another with questions. It's just head down and working. And once you get started, you're going to quickly find your flow and get that task out of the way. Okay, whew, that was a lot. But rethinking your to-do list might just be the change you need to make to just be productive. So our number two of our eight effective ways of being productive is to do an information diet. Most of the world lives on information overload. We have got to eliminate mindless internet surfing. It's killing our brains. <laughs> when you are doing tasks that require you to be on social media, you can find yourself on a very slippery slope of looking at and consuming all kinds of information instead of just going out there to complete your tasks and getting off. If you're subscribed to a gazillion newsletters, scrub your list. Be honest with yourself. Are you really reading every one of those emails? Here's a test. If you find yourself deleting emails regularly from the same person and you aren't reading them, you're just deleting them, then maybe it's time to unsubscribe from that one. So it's not even coming into your inbox. By having all these emails coming into your inbox, you're just setting yourself up for stress and overwhelm. And I'm not saying unsubscribe from everything, but I'm willing to bet that you have a lot of them that you could really unsubscribe from. And if you find that you're needing it, then you know, subscribe again. <laughs> and if you're trying to patch together a business by listening to 20 different coaches and consultants and experts and gurus, you need a new strategy because this strategy of patching things together from 20 different people will not move you forward. The key is to limit yourself only to information that you can immediately take action on. All right, number three of our most eight most effective ways is to keep a distractions list. You're probably thinking, oh my gosh, another list, but, but hear me out. With emails, social media, and a thousand little things to do, it's easy to get distracted when you're trying to be productive. Whether you're trying to focus on deep work or just dealing with smaller tasks, those distractions are the bane of productivity. It's hard to maintain efficient work habits with distractions around. And one powerful method of reducing distractions is creating a distraction list. So basically, you keep this list and however you want to do it. If you want it on a Google Doc or a physical sheet of paper, whatever works for you, keep it nearby while you're working. And whenever a distracting thought pops up, write it down in the list and then get back to work. This technique is powerful because a lot of time your, your distractions legitimately require attention. If I'm doing deep work and suddenly remember that a bill needs to be paid or have an idea for a new blog post or a podcast, those thoughts, those are thoughts that deserve attention, but they don't deserve the attention right now. And as thoughts arise during your work, jot them down. Once you reach a break 
in your work, you can come back and either tackle them if it's a small task or add them to your larger to-do list. All right, let's move on to number four of our eight effective ways to be productive. Number four is the benefits of journaling. There's no doubt that journaling can help you be more productive. Journaling is essentially a practice in brainstorming, planning, monitoring, and analyzing your activities. All vital skills for improving productivity at work. But this exercise can be hugely beneficial if you find it challenging to work from home and you need that extra push. People who keep journals swear by the benefits. Once someone learns how to keep a journal, they rarely abandon that practice. And that's because it's an incredible tool for helping you to gather your thoughts, define your goals, express your emotions, record your progress, and reflect on past experiences. So how do I journal for productivity and what exactly should I write in my productivity journal? Well, the good news is you can write whatever you want. Each person is unique and will have different metrics for achieving results. However, there are some key activities that could help you with your journaling for productivity. Number one, keep track of your goals in your journal. Number two, use your productivity journal to make to-do lists. Number three, analyze yourself in your journal. Once you've been journaling for a while, you can start to analyze how you work and what you could do to improve. And why not write your thoughts down about your productivity? You could consider these questions like, what tasks did you accomplish? How long did they take? What tasks are still on your list? What's slowing your productivity? What increases it? What part of the day are you most productive? And what part of the day are you least productive? What is your productive hours definition? Are you getting enough sleep? Are you eating well? Are you stressed? What's causing your stress? And how can you organize things in your productivity journal? So those are just a few of the things that you can jot down as you analyze yourself in your journey, journal, excuse me. You can use your journal to vent. We all have bad days and more often than not, a bad day always means a lack of concentration and low productivity. So writing up your, writing your pent up feelings down could also prevent you from accidentally unleashing them on someone else. And when you write to vent, it releases stress and allows you to process emotions that might cause procrastination, being unproductive or unmotivated. Number five on that benefits is journal inspiring quotes and phrases. Everyone needs inspiration and you could reserve a space in your productivity journal to write down words or phrases that inspire you. Some people like to write down intentions or affirmations such as I am an intelligent and capable person. I am a lovable person. I live my life in peace and harmony. I am a positive force for my professional environment. All those are great intentions and affirmations to write down and repeat in your journal. You can also write what you're grateful for. Gratitude is one of the biggest things that will catapult your success um, is to be grateful and write what you're grateful for. Make yourself write at least three things, maybe 10 things you're grateful for every single day. You can use your journal to gain clarity. And when it comes down to clarity and productivity, focus on what you were doing and why you are doing it. Write it out. Make a list of your top three goals in your business right now and make a list of action steps that you need to reach those goals. For example, if your goal is to double your email list by the end of 2021, 
Then your action steps would be write guest articles and offer free gifts to readers. Create another great free opt-in. Continue adding value to Facebook groups. Those are all your action items that are going to help you reach the goal of doubling your email list. The minimum, if you're going to write any journal entries, is every time you switch products, products, every time you switch projects, open up your journal and enter the following three things. Number one, note the time. Most people will find having these timestamps to be useful to look back on. Number two, write a few sentences about what you just worked on. What project did I just finish? Are there any parts of that project that I'm still thinking about? Use complete sentences rather than one word answers. Like email, yes, is not a valid answer. So if you just wrote email, yes, that's not a valid answer. Write it out in a sentence. And number three, write a few sentences about what you're about to work on. What is the first action of the project that I'm about to start? And how should I approach getting the project done? You can write more and most of you will discover new things to write about. But these three things is a good solid format to start with. Again, put the time on there. Note the time of it. Write down a few sentences about what you just worked on and then write a few sentences about what you're about to work on. And that will help you get that journal productivity started. All right. Still with me? Number five of our eight effective ways is to use the 80-20 rule. Another way to prioritize your tasks comes from that 80-20 principle. And it's also called the Pareto principle, the 80-20 rule that states 80% of the, uh, in any pursuit, 80% of the results will come from 20% of the efforts. So to maximize efficiency, highly productive people identify the most important 20% of their work. Then they look at ways to cut down the other 80% of their schedule to find more time for the things that make the biggest impact. Many entrepreneurs can easily fall into what I call playing desk. They spend their time on tasks that do not directly grow their business, like creating cute Canva lead magnets and writing amazing blog posts, videos, or podcasts, which are all important, but where it fails is when they only promote it a couple times and aren't happy with the results. So if you're going to spend all that time batching content, make sure you're spending the important 20% of that time promoting it. All right. Number eight on our effective list, effective productivity list is to take more breaks. Really? <laughs> Nobody, not even highly productive people can focus for eight hours straight. It simply isn't possible. No matter how many efficient habits you build, you can't maintain distraction-free focus for that long. That's why taking breaks is so important and research shows it makes people more productive. Even breaks that are just a few minutes long can help you recharge and come up with new ideas. You have to be proactive about taking your breaks. When you take a break, it's important to make them structured and deliberate. It's easy to justify distractions as taking a break. But if you don't have that break time scheduled, it's possible that you're actually just getting distracted. So methods like the Pomodoro technique can help. And the Pomodoro technique suggests 25-minute blocks of work with short five minute breaks. And you work intensively for a specific amount of time, followed by an intentionally not working for a shorter amount of time. 
So scheduling breaks can keep you fresh and productive throughout an entire day. Number seven on our list is to not multitask. Do not multitask. With so many distractions in our surrounding, it's tempting to fall into the trap of multitasking. Don't. And I know we all can say, oh, I'm good at multitasking. The research on multitasking is clear. People are bad at it. And the reason is that multitasking is actually misnamed. When you try to multitask, you aren't really doing two things at once. You're rapidly switching your focus between two things. Every time you switch, you have to refocus on the new task. Because it takes a few minutes to get up to speed on a task, these switching costs make multitasking extremely inefficient. Are there times where multitasking is okay? Probably. If you're cleaning your apartment while listening to an audiobook, you're probably doing just fine. (laughs) The reason is that the two tasks, cleaning and listening, don't use the same mental resources. But if you're writing an email while trying to follow up the words on a podcast, both tasks are competing for your language resources. Your work will slow down and the quality will suffer. It also zaps your energy and makes your brain more tired, which means that you slow yourself down on future tasks too. But how do you stop multitasking? One thing can be as simple as closing the 40 tabs you have open on your computer. You might think it's helping you find stuff easier, but subconsciously it's overwhelming you and stressing you out. While you're at it, turn off your notifications when you're working. If you're honest with yourself, you know it's only distracting you. So waiting an extra half hour to respond to an email won't be the end of the world. Eliminating multitasking is one of the most productive habits that you honestly can develop. All right, and our number eight is to fill the tank, and it's to recharge. All the productivity tactics, email templates, and other strategies are valuable methods of improving your productivity, but they won't help if you aren't taking care of yourself. Highly productive people spend time recharging. That means getting enough sleep every night, exercising, and eating healthy. If you aren't thinking straight or you're having trouble focusing, take a look at your personal habits. I know that seven or eight hours of sleep just isn't enough for me. I really need closer to nine. And missing out on sleep affects my productivity for days. Sleep, exercise, eat well, get outside and soak up some sun. Taking care of your healthy habits is a crucial part of efficient work habits. Basically, highly productive people can seem like magicians and robots, but most of the time, the most efficient people you meet have managed to find ways to overcome procrastination and other challenges. So here's how to become more productive. Manage your time well, make better to-do lists, take care of yourself, and be proactive. And one more tip, know when to ask for help. Smart people ask for help. Productive people admit when they don't know something. When you ask for help instead of trying to struggle through something on your own, you save time and frustration. So make sure you know who and what your resources are and make asking for help a habit. Thanks for tuning in today, and I hope you had some great takeaways from this episode. If you liked what you heard, be sure to like, share, subscribe, and even leave a comment for me. I love reading the comments. Also, let me know if you're struggling with anything, and I'm happy to 
talk about it on a podcast um, or create some tips and strategies for you. Now, before we go, I want to let you know my new webinar, CEO Secrets and How to Move Your Business Forward in One Hour a Day or Less is coming up. Um, in the beginning of January, I'll be sharing strategies on how to move your business forward without working a gazillion hours and how to gain freedom and move your business forward even one hour per day. And the registration is going to be opening soon. So keep your eyes and ears peeled. Raise your hand if you get tripped up talking about your program or service with full confidence. Well, my friend, you're not alone. I hear it a lot from entrepreneurs. They say, I feel stuck because I'm, I am telling them what they're getting in my program, coaching calls, checklists, Facebook groups, but I can't get them to say yes. From features to transformation, selling your results, this guide will help you make this a thing of the past. And after you're done with this step-by-step -step guide, you'll be feeling hyper clear and confident talking about your program or service. This guide will help you best when you've narrowed down your niche and know the audience you're wanting to speak to. And by knowing exactly who you're serving, you'll know how to speak to them and how to talk about the results they'll get from your program or service so they won't be able to refuse. Plus, once you nail this down, moving forward becomes a whole lot easier. Don't talk about the features of your program. They're not interested in how many sessions they get or that you have a Facebook community. They want to know the results you're going to get them. By focusing on the transformation that you can help them get, you're speaking to the pain points they're trying to get rid of. And it will help them say, yes, I need this. If you haven't grabbed your free copy of From Features to Transformation, Selling Your Results, be sure to snatch it at jillmyrie.com. The link will also be in the show notes.